This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I believe with every fiber of my being that the course I have set out is the right one for our country and all our people. What has been achieved today is not Brexit. I don't believe this government has negotiated fairly or effectively. Brexit is a lose-lose situation. We have always followed the EU mandate. It is utterly unacceptable to anybody who believes in democracy. Hello and welcome to Brexit The Final Countdown. Things have changed. Uh, There were nine days, maybe there are still nine days to go. um, And in the spirit of compromise, we've reached across the aisle and assembled our head of news for Express.co.uk, Paul Baldwin. Hello. Hello. Our Brussels correspondent, Joe Barnes. Hello. Hello. And a voice of reason, video news editor, Thomas Hunt. Welcome. Hello. Hello. And of course, I'm Rebecca Hudson. So let's do this. Okay, so a quick recap. Uh, on Monday, we had some very helpful indicative votes, all of which were defeated. Um, the best one was Ken Clark's Customs Union, which was only defeated by three. Then there was a, an epic seven-hour cabinet meeting yesterday. Theresa May emerged to tell us that she's going to subcontract the whole thing to Jeremy Corbyn. Thomas, is this the beginning of a soft Brexit? Should we have done this two years ago? What do you think? Uh, beginning of a soft Brexit, probably. Should we have done it two years ago? Definitely. Definitely. Yes. Do um, we all agree with that? That we should have done it two years ago. That it should have been a cross party. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we've made this point before, yeah. and absolutely. Yeah. You can't say that. You've only been it, on two podcasts. Uh, <laughs> You're really not allowed to it, it, reference the it archive. Makes me think of uh, my my daughter's doing her GCSEs at the moment, and two years ago. She knew when the GCSEs were, and she has been preparing for two years. <laughs> and I'm sure when she does her maths exam, she'll ace it. But there will be people in that room who only started their revision the night before. And that's, the, and that's where we are with Brexit. Yeah. Right? We've, we've, we knew when it was, we knew what we had to do, and we haven't done it. And this is the equivalent of cozying up to the smarter kid in class and getting some notes and well, it just, revising it, it, together. It just means we've failed. We've absolutely failed on every level. <laughs> And the only way out now is no deal. Oh, God, he's gone already. We've, okay. we've, we've left ourselves no and options. And I'm not even sure we've cozied up to the smartest I kid don't think in the maths class. I'm not sure who, who the no, smartest right. kid is. The, 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 the entire lack of smart kids His is half the problem. Corbin flunk maths. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so so what is this? is this? Is this a cynical ploy by the Tories then to kind of sully Corbyn even further, getting his hands nice and dirty with Brexit? I think I think they're beyond the, the. I think with the splitting of her agreement on Friday and trying to turn it into the withdrawal act, and then the backstop, yeah, was a way of trying to split Labour voters, and I think she was uh. looking at it as a sort of final ploy to try and peel away a couple of the Labour that she thought might back her deal. Right. And it failed miserably. And I think... There's nothing cynical or clever about this. Theresa May is just a broken woman (laughs) and she's desperate to find a way out and and she thinks somehow appealing to the elder statesman-like qualities of Jeremy Corbyn (laughs) is the way. But maybe this is actually really quite clever. So... Last time she gave a speech, well, yesterday, so uh, Tuesday, she puts the blame onto Jeremy Corbyn. 
But then her speech before that, to remember when she came out and was rip-roaring and goes, MPs are to blame. She it's to everyone blame. is to blame but her. Mm. Obviously the MPs failed, but maybe if Jeremy Corbyn doesn't engage properly and go with what she says and no deal comes along, she can he is that. the one to blame. There are two so. things at stake here. One is that what has become absolutely apparent is that Theresa May is a reasonable midweight politician faced with the heaviest weight issue crisis that this country has faced since VE Day, and she's just not up to the job. But the second thing is, if anyone thinks Jeremy Corbyn is going to budge on anything, he's already had the chance to meet with May, and he's stormed out in a hissy fit because members of his, um, his rather mean TIG group are yeah. there. Splitters. Yeah. He's had the chance, and he, and he lasted th- all of 30 seconds. What makes... Nothing has changed. It's like the definition of... That classic definition of insanity repeating the same thing mm. and expecting a different outcome. That's what May is doing That's all what we do with this podcast. Yeah, On that note as well, the, the Corbyn's front bench have repeatedly, in the last few months, when asked, would you go into partnership and p- work to get a deal that is agreed across Parliament, have said, why should we? Why? So I don't see how, I don't see that they will overnight have thought, oh, okay, this is this but, is the way forward. But they've yeah. got to. He's got to do something now because he doesn't want to be. He doesn't want to be responsible for a No Deal Brexit. But does weirdly, he? I know he, you're very up for it this week. Well, but, um, weirdly, if he if he did do something statesmanlike, it would do his actual credit no end of good. But he won't. I mean, what does the Labour Party want for this? Is he? Does he need to push for a second ref, or does he need to do a kind of like what does it? Well, what would they will, even mean, he, or is it a he soft will go Brexit? Back to his the the one thing all along that he said, and it was, I want a general election. And he will Absolutely. say to Theresa May, if you if you want me to support you with this deal mm. and you want the support of the Labour MPs, you have to call a general election. At, at every turn, Corbyn has leveraged everything about Brexit to be about Jeremy Corbyn assuming power. Tom's absolutely right. Mm. It's about a general election. And the other the weird thing is a general election would, of course, be a second referendum because no one would really care about the Tories' highways policy or you know, whether they're going to fill in potholes. There's only one game in town and it would be a de facto second referendum. But what's the Labour position on that then? Today. Second, a soft, a soft who, Brexit? Today, who knows? <laughs> Anything like, what is would... possible. They, Guys. they won't rule it out. They might call it a confirmatory vote. They might call it a second referendum, a people's vote. But they, so you think their manifesto on Brexit would be to have a they, another, they don't another want vote. to have to put Brexit in their manifesto because they know how decisive it is amongst their membership. Mm. Like so, you've got the likes of Lisa Nandy, Gloria Del Piero, all going saying no, we actually have to back our deal, back or well, not back the deal, but we have to back Brexit yeah. because their constituencies are so yeah. leave dominated. But then you've got kind of the London sect, which probably makes up most of Labour's 500,000 members. Mm-hmm. And they're people's vote. They were all out marching on the streets of London with, the other week. Well, <laughs> no, um, and when he was another so, character, which, this is a, it's a kind of a similar, similar problem that Theresa May faces. When does Jeremy Corbyn make the jump and either kind of alienate one side of his party or the other? Mm. Because are, they are so separated. Are the they missing something, though, in that we could very well have a completely new party for the next general election if this is the state of Brexit. You mean a completely new Tory party? The no, Chuckers. well... The, 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 change, change mm. now, whatever they're called. What are, are they, they called? Are they allowed to be called that, though? Oh, Tiggs, the Tiggers. <laughs> let's, go, let's go back the to the Brexit Twitters. party. Oh. With, with <laughs> Nigel back on a stage on Sky News with the other leaders, and he will manage... If you think... I, I can't remember the exact... I think UKIP, didn't they get about 
six million at their peak yeah, in their general election. Yeah, um, yeah but, but it was about 15% of the vote, but one seat. And you think if that was a party that we could easily dismiss in mainstream media yeah. as for for whole swathes of people that would just say no. If Nigel recreates this as the Nigel Farage show with a Brexit as his background, it's possible. I think then that could panic Labour into being slightly harder in a manifesto. Are they, realist- are they realistically, I don't think the, the Brexit party are fully ready for a European election, which is obviously to come later. Yeah. But general elections are a whole different kind of kettle of fish and it is always dominated by the Conservatives, by Labour and maybe the Lib Dems might have a go one year. But um, The Labour Party never- have got a, a, a problem. Well, they've got so many problems, but... Uh, I was talking to my brother the other day. He lives in Blackburn up in Lancashire, and I live in Islington in London. And he said, <laughs> if you had 10 Labour voters from Islington and you put them in a room with 10 Labour voters from Blackburn, they would have nothing, absolutely nothing in common. And that's absolutely true. Is that not a pro- is that a problem or is that a It's a problem for Labour Party because how, how do you appeal to both? They are different animals. Mm. True, like you and your brother, probably. <laughs> Labour is a broad church. Yeah. <laughs> um, has she saved the Tory party, the other party, by doing this? Or, no, well, we've or, seen or a, are we going to see a, a nice split there as no, well? No, we've seen another resignation this morning of uh, Nigel Adams. And I think I speak who for the... Who is Nigel Adams? I think I speak for the entire nation when I say, who that? Uh, another... <laughs> as they say in Another <laughs> faceless, nameless uh, Tory politician who's resigned. What's he upset about? He's upset. He's upset about Corbyn. Well, he's upset about making Corbyn the deputy PM, basically. Right, yeah. Which is a Boris line, of course. It's a Boris line, or it's a Reese Mogg line, I think. But there is an element of truth. But we all, we're getting our knickers in a twist about nothing, because nothing will change. It's all been tried and nothing has happened. Nothing has been... We're not getting anywhere. The figures don't add up. There's not enough people. Can we people. save the There's final thoughts for another 35 interests. minutes? We've got a lot more to get through. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're not my final thoughts. My, no, they're my, just my a little nihilist, Basic thoughts. Um, okay, so we haven't... So she's... But so what happens with the, in the, with the Tories? They're still entirely split. Because her wording yesterday was so kind of clouded in mystery. It's like, oh... There could be a long extension, but we don't want to hold European elections, so we're going to be out by May the twenty second. But it's all it's all very aspirational. So she's again shot right down the middle, and gone. Oh, I don't want the Amber Rudds on the Remain side to resign, but then I don't want Steve Barclay on the Brexit side to resign. So what do I do? I'll jump in the middle and probably tell a few uh, white lies in private meetings yesterday <laughs> at Downing Street. Yeah, uh, to make sure they've got uh, they're supporting to keep them both yeah. right. Joe's absolutely right. She's obviously completely dumped the any possibility of any movement with the DUP and with the ERG groups and has got into bed with the softer um, Brexit side of the party and obviously the Labour Party. But what we will end up with is a Brexit which serves nobody's purposes. Mm. Uh, it's, when, when she started this, um, she came out with, you know, Brexit means Brexit. What we will end up with is Brexit meaning bugger all, frankly, because it will be so soft and so um, watered down. And so, the, 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 there are three things in, in Brexit for most people, I suspect, and they are control of the borders, control of your laws, and control of your trade. And although the two emotive ones are control of your borders and control of your uh, judiciary, 
the biggest one by a mile that actually impacts our lives is control of trade. And that one, she's about, it would seem, to throw in the towel on. So Brexit will not be Brexit. Brexit will just be a worse deal with Europe than we already have. And I don't think anyone voted for that. So, but, so what, what would you prefer? It sounds like you don't want a, a deal at all, Paul. I, uh, I'm afraid. <laughs> I mean, um, I'm afraid. They, I, I, don't, I don't get why we just don't... Um, no deal is not off the table. Whatever Theresa May says. It no might be today. Haven't we got um, Yvette Cooper sponsoring a, a bill trying it's, to get it taken off the table? Well, Everyone's you've trying. The, um, you've got the English Democrats also trying to change the law that Article 50 was illegal and blah, blah, blah. Both will fail because they're both mad. But um, what, we will, what, we'll, what, we, what we could end up with, we, there's been a huge scare thing about, oh, the World Trade Organization, it's just a terrible thing. When you look at it, it's not. It's, it's, it's just... It's like, it's like saying, oh, what will I do without Google Chrome? Well, what you will do is use <laughs> Firefox, right? Because there are alternatives out there that are just yeah, but as good, marginally better. Firefox is slower and doesn't better. get my insulin as quicker as Google Chrome. Well, so I'm, I'm not so sure. It's, it's a great deal more secure, for example. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm not arguing the merits. I'm just saying there are valid alternatives out there. there's a reason that, that Chrome was the de facto choice, isn't it? Because it's... I like this. Oh, I may be stretching the metaphor a little no, I don't bit. Think, I think you'll be out of your depth of the tech. But no, no, no. It's a default browser. It's, no, it's, a default, no, it's a default browser because of the massive amount of money and power behind it. And that is a metaphor for the EU. And that's why the WTO <laughs> I'm in the has, been, has been sort of uh, rubbished and set aside. And, and there's so many scare stories about, oh, how will we okay, cope? So you're talking about these scare stories. So you're yeah. referring to Mark, Sir Mark Sedwell's memo about what will ha- the likelihood of, like, what will happen if we have a new deal? Which that includes was another civil servant. Ten uh, percent spike in food prices, uh, reintroduction of direct rule in Northern Ireland for the first time since two thousand and seven, a recession to hit the UK, pounds depreciation more harmful than the one in two thousand and eight, which was pretty bad. As wasn't it? a news editor, if I had if I had a quid for every time somebody had got a Brexit prediction wrong. I'll be able to take everyone out for a but drink. So you're happy to toy change. with a recession worse in 2008? I don't, I don't buy it. I just don't because buy it. You, because, I don't buy it because, because, because what, what will happen is if we went under WTO trade rules, yes, your BMW would be a bit more expensive. But a car from outside, say an American car, for example, would be a lot cheaper. And same, similar with food. Some foods will go up. Some foods will be a great deal cheaper. And you'd end up pretty much in like the same Like chlorinated place. chicken. Um, well, and we lipstick is going to have lead in it. I didn't even realise that. It's literally <laughs> Elizabeth the First stuff. <laughs> is, I, I don't because I don't buy a huge amount of lipstick. Mm. I I'll have to bow to your superior is, knowledge. I'm right. Chlorine chicken, <laughs> lead lipstick, everything to look forward to. Thomas, talk some sense for him's sake. <laughs> the if if we look at it purely from no deal, you leave, and then at some point we have to strike some sort of arrangement with the EU. We have to come to them and say, so we want a Canada-style deal or a deal like the one you've just struck with Japan. We have to, and surely we are just going to enter into the whole debate again with well, them. Well, this is where I will chime in. And uh, Professor coming to Martin you. Dr. Selmayr, the European Commission's Secretary-General and controversial right-hand man of uh, Jean-Claude Juncker, he has been going around Brussels telling kind of ambassadors and senior kind of EU people that he expects Britain to come crawling back to the table minutes after a no deal. So what the EU have been doing is setting a price for that to happen. So the EU will expect the whole 39 billion Brexit bill paid up, maybe in full, maybe in, they might be nice and let us kind of pay it in instalments with some interest, we don't know. 
Um, but they've also said you have to respect citizens' rights and all the elements that are in the withdrawal agreement from that, which is fine. I think no one's really going to I think everyone's kind of on side with that, aren't giving, they? Uh, making sure a Spanish person can make their home in Islington and, yeah. and so on. So. But I think the most interesting one is they will not return back to the negotiating table unless the Irish border is solved. Um, and that, as one of my uh, kind of contacts in the commission said, the backstop is after two years of negotiation, the only thing the UK and the EU have found which works and keeps the Irish border free. Right. So essentially, Brussels is going to demand £39 billion, the backstop, which every MP has voted against, uh-huh. and citizens' rights to be guaranteed before these trade talks even start. So that's a huge price to pay. So Brexit, Was that in the event of no deal? That's in right. no deal. So we've got no deal. We have to pay up all this. What's going to infuriate Brexiteers more than we leave with no deal than the EU tell us, no, we're not talking to you until you install that hated backstop, hand over 39 billion yeah. euros and make sure Brexit means citizen backstop, rights is uh, Joe, protected. Does the, does the backstop mean... So today it came out that actually the backstop isn't the temporary solution to the Brexit deal with Theresa May. It's actually the EU's basis for any future negotiation. Um, Surely... We have been reporting this whole thing incorrectly. Well, if- well, we're actually probably we've it, so it was called the baseline or the basis by Sabine Wayand, which is Michel Barnier's deputy, previously, um, and they said basically that will we will work up and we will build on the backstop to to basically form the future relationship. So whatever, the backstop happens, is going to always have to feature. So people that are angry at the backstop already need to know that actually that is it. That is our the, yeah. only. That's the start point for everything else. Yes, so any, absolutely. That it's is, not, it's it, not a temporary thing that's yeah, going it's to gonna, just... we, we can obviously water down elements with alternative arrangements, and the EU have never rejected that. But they just acknowledge the technology doesn't really exist right now. So if some magical kind of... If Bill Gates comes along and goes, Microsoft have fixed you the Irish border, and that technology is available and keeps it free, they're, they're allowed that. So I'm not even sure the technology doesn't exist. This is another case of... Um, is it Firefox? You can't have your answer now, to everything. There's already a, a system in place for uh, called TIR, which is the European lorries, which is exactly the kind of um, the, the same principle that um, the Irish border would need, which is um, the paperwork is checked on a, um, a sort of occasional basis, and people, trusted traders, sign up to it, and they are all members of the TIR agreement, and they have the, the plates that you see on the back of lorries when you see them going through Dover or, you know, on the motorway. Um, and it works, and it has been working since the late 70s, I think. So but I why, don't get but why that, this is such that an reco- That's problem. what the customs union does, and basically creates an external tariff border. But as soon as you break that, say, for instance, between Norway and Sweden, they use the similar technologies, but there is still a hard border there, which the Good Friday Agreement doesn't allow. Right. And the EU and the UK are both commit to in the joint report of December 2017 to kind of keep free. So that's where the problem stems from. And that's why the insistence on the backstop will always be there. I feel like the Malthouse compromise would have flushed out any likely technical solutions, don't you? They, that was a great WhatsApp group for Unless 10 minutes. Unless you just walk away with a no deal and make it the EU's problem, because <laughs> it will become their problem. And they'll have to sort it out themselves. It will be, yeah, eventually. the, the <coughs> They didn't ask for this, guys. No, the EU will have uh, to follow away the they did, actually. <laughs> and it's quite, there's quite an interesting dynamic at the moment going around with EU leaders are kind of getting in Leo Varadkar, the Taoiseach's ear, and saying... Look, we've we've kind of stood in solidarity with you now over like the, basically security and protection on Ireland and 
kind of violence. But realistically, the only reason we care is because of the integrity of the single market. Mm-hmm. So they, so for instance, Germany, France have all kind of said, look, we are all we most value is the single market. We don't yeah. really care about yeah. peace on Ireland. So now Leo Varadkar's in this really tough position where he's probably going to be forced to throw up a hard border in the event of a no deal, or Ireland are going to then be pushed out the single market, if not. Yeah, so, they might have to come out and take it, but he's going to have to stop so, looking quite so smug, I think, Leo, actually. He's becoming quite annoying, and he's going to have to make some decisions and take some responsibility, because at the moment, he's just chumming up to his mates but that's and impossible. saying but, nothing. But it's, it's as impossible well, like for him to solve as it is for us. Like, obviously, we're not going to put a hard... We're obviously not going... We've promised, we've promised not to. Well, exactly, exactly. We have to honour you know, that little Good Friday agreement that you know, has worked pretty well so far. One side will have to put up a hard border because that's just WTO. That's like, and it's who breaks. Sounds like rules. we shouldn't have WTO then, doesn't it? I don't know. It depends don't on your defi- definition of a hard border. There isn't going to be a huge <laughs> wall there. There's, there. There is, a, there, as I pointed out, there's already a technological solution. It ain't even that high tech. And it's very simple to bring in, really. So was the issue in the first place we should have included Ireland in the referendum? And then, <laughs> and then, there's a curveball thrown in. And then we Alex. just, and then we just managed to include the whole of Ireland as a as a single entity, and we're we're all sorted. Yeah, that wouldn't have been I've actually got a, at um, all, Thomas. Good grief! I've actually got a better solution. I think it's the perfect solution. And um, Theresa May can have this for nothing. What what we should do is, we should stay in the EU, and everyone else should leave. <laughs> right? And for, no, stay, stay with me. Everyone else leaves and forms EU 2.0. Right, that way, we can control our own borders, we can control our own judiciary, and we have trading conditions set up which are exactly in parallel yeah. with EU 2. It's perfect. It's genius. <laughs> A bordering compromise, everyone. <laughs> okay, Joe, yesterday, Barnier was... If we saw him a lot. We saw him... We saw him what was he at? A conference? Uh, so he, he, he delivered a speech to the EPC, the European Policy Centre think tank in Brussels. Mm. That's a trendy hotel. And then he swanned over to the European Parliament in Brussels to um, deliver a speech to the Foreign Affairs Committee there. And, and he... So we have... He gave us three conditions for an extension. It was tough talk about... He was slagging so, off the Brexiteers tears again. It was so, yeah, ram- he, no deal is he, more likely than ever. It he, wasn't, he, he it wasn't did, great. He followed kind of Jean-Claude Juncker calling David Cameron the biggest destroyer of all time. And he said, Nigel Farage and Brexiteers have called this all. They're also the biggest destroyers of all time. Um, I think the most interesting thing that he said, though, he kind of was really going on the side of caution with a long extension. and said, look, guys, we have to be careful if we do this because it, what it can do is if Britain is still involved in EU policy making, they've got the budget negotiations coming up, um, if they're still involved in European parliamentary elections, we might have a big kind of Eurosceptic... They, they don't want a long extension. It no, doesn't serve not, their purposes it's, it's at all. It's not in their interest to have... They want us in or out, and at this point, they appear to want us out. They've made preparations for um, a no-deal Brexit. Mm-hmm. And as far as they're concerned, it's almost a done deal. What they don't want, and what God, the madness of us taking part in Euro elections, um, it, it's just, it's beyond farce. And the EU know that and may know well, that. I don't, the EU aren't ever going to say no to a long extension as long as Theresa May signs up for the European elections and basically goes, you've either got to hold a second referendum yeah. with the aim to stay, which is kind of Donald Tusk's big push. He believes that Britain will vote to stay in the European Union if there's another referendum. 
And then the Barnier kind of approach is we'll hold a second general election since 2017 with the aim basically to put soft Brexit on the table to have a customs union single market kind of alignment as part of that. So that will literally be, can't even really call it Norway because it would come with so many more yeah. kind it, of restrictions like it, France, it, Netherlands would want huge would, kind of level playing fields. It would be what we were saying earlier. It would serve absolutely. It's... it's it, no great decision. No, nothing great ever came out of a committee, and this that would end up what it would be—a committee decision. It's like, you know, a Ferrari wasn't designed by a committee; it was designed by Enzo Ferrari, a genius. The Mona Lisa wasn't painted by a committee; it was painted by Leonardo. <laughs> and we need somebody of stature. Or we needed it. May be too late now. We needed somebody of, of real stature and, and vision, and and the ability to pull a nation together and pull a parliament together. Mm. And we just haven't had it. Do you think they might be heartened? in Europe that we're finally doing this kind of more cross-party approach or do you think... They've been asking for it for ages but, I mean, but yeah. all the cross-party efforts so far have been no, no, no which hasn't particularly left anyone very enthusiastic. Mm. Giva Hofstadt tweeted last night after May's speech going, oh, thank God that we've got more cross-party talks let's hope they work this time. Mm. So I don't think there is a massive kind of faith in Theresa May that she actually has the ability to build to something. This. She's so, not renowned for her kind of ability to sort of charm and sort of bring people together. Is no, she? She and hasn't done a this great is exactly why. Like, it's not her leadership style. So I was speaking to a few people yesterday and there seems to be a growing consensus that Emmanuel Macron, the French president, is basically next Wednesday going to be really, really tough on Theresa. And the outcome could be that he says, no, you're not having a long extension. Mm. You are going to go because or I'm sick non, of it. Actually, or non, actually. Or yeah. Um, basically, because he just doesn't have the faith that Theresa May would be able to use another year I, I, I think you're absolutely EU right, wisely uh, enough. Mm. I read last night, it was, it was interesting. The last time we had a government of national unity, which was the wartime cabinet, of course, um, the Labour Party did get involved. But they uh, demanded that Lord Halifax uh, was kicked out and replaced with Churchill, i.e. they got rid of the serving Prime Minister. Not going to happen again? I don't know. Who knows? And, an do, we MEP. Have, do we have a Churchill in our midst? Uh, I'm not uh, sure. We need one. We absolutely need one. <laughs> oh, it's like express bingo. A French MEP was on this morning saying that exactly that Macron is actually very nervous about his upcoming EU elections and Marine Le Pen... And that actually a no deal would probably help him in his personal to stamp French down situation. on this. Yeah, yeah, and, and, to be yeah, able to just use say, this as an example. No, he can. This is he can say, look, this is what Euroscepticism has done to Britain. They've been left out, even floated out even further away from Europe with yeah. no trade links and so and so. Um, Which was half the game from the from the go get. We could not be seen to have achieved this with. Uh, have come out of this with any with any credit. We could not be seen, as far as the EU were concerned, to have, have come out of this in a positive way, because then, who knows who'd be next? Yeah, but this is, this is, again, another interesting thing that kind of Theresa May yesterday said that, oh, we're going to look for a short extension. I don't see any reason why the EU would grant a short extension to May 22nd, because why would you then have no deal days before Europeans go to vote on European elections? seems absolutely crazy to Europeans that, especially European politicians, that they would go, actually, let's look at look like we're to blame when we can actually just go, nope, see you later, you're it to blame. Guys, We've offered yeah. you the opportunity to stay in yeah. for a long time. But well, this, not is, this is why, you know, no deal is not off the table because ultimately 
it is not going to be our decision. No, or, the, or it certainly could end up legal, not being our decision. The legal default um, is twelve. Unless um, she can get, unless she tables her vote one more time, because we've still got, how long have we got? A week and a bit? And she gives us one last time. Thomas, is that a working theory? It's no? going to have to look rather different Do you to think? her deal. And I don't actually see how, if she strike, how she will, she will surely have to go back to the EU and make sure that they sign off on whatever the new... New deal is. So there just because, isn't the time or... Well, they'll have to make time. Because I, well, I actually think they will accept an extension purely because whatever agreement comes out of... The, well, we're guessing there's an agreement with her if, and Corbyn. If, say, she can go back to Parliament today or tomorrow and get her withdrawal deal through Parliament, the, obviously her deadline of the 22nd of May extension expired last Friday. Yes. But the EU might go, OK, we, you, we see you've got a deal and you've got it passed. But why would, Corbyn, to May the 22nd. why would Corbyn back? Why would he just give his support to her current withdrawal agreement? Nothing has changed. Well, no, nothing, so no, nothing, would, and nothing on the withdrawal agreement will yeah. change. And this is a point that Barnier made yesterday. Mm. He said, no matter if you've got Boris Johnson, Nigel Farage, Jeremy Corbyn, whoever's running the country, the withdrawal agreement will never change. It's all about how you look at the future relationship course, now absolutely. in the political yeah. declaration. Yeah. So, and that we we can't Barney, unpick the withdrawal agreement. No, that's that's, that's now do. that's now a closed yeah. book. That's yeah. forgotten. Yeah. That's probably Theresa May's biggest problem that it's become so yeah. toxic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, but essentially, the political declaration, which maps out the future relationship on trade and security, can be changed to make a Norway-style model. A, you but can write the, in Canada, and that will take I, a matter of hours. I, so. A model that nobody voted for. But the, the withdrawal agreement failed on Friday. Yeah. What possible thing does Theresa May say to Corbyn to gain the support to put it through? Because no, surely he one goes... One of them will have to capitulate so massively and that he is, their position becomes untenable. So I agree. She will, she, Nothing it's, it's is not, going to happen. She will this carve, is just a storm in a teacup. List. She will carve off enough Labour voters to make up for the DUP and her ERG kind of cabal if she goes, okay, what we're going to do is in the political declaration, we're going to make room for a, which it already does in the political declaration, make room for a customs union. But we will put that in such bold, easy writing that MPs can understand that once Britain leaves the European Union, we'll use the transition period to negotiate a customs union style relationship with single market alignment and and kind of the level playing field. Uh, Again, the, the customs union, whether it's a customs union style relationship or an actual customs union, is not what people voted for, I'm afraid. The the ability to make our own uh, trade agreements with other countries. Canada has already said, we'll give you a better deal, Britain, than we give you through the EU at the minute. There's whole new untapped markets. America, we hardly do any trade with America, and it's massive. The emerging markets of India, China, we need to be able to strike our own deals with these people, and we need to do it now because... Um, the EU isn't the end game in world trade. Far from it. And we, we need to be we need to have the uh, the sort of self belief to stand on our own two feet and get out there and do it. And unfortunately, none of uh, the deals that are on the table will allow that. Other than no deal, I'm afraid. And it was interesting in Theresa May's speech yesterday, which was supposed to be all conciliatory. Uh, conciliatory. The third sentence said this. I have always been clear that we could make a success of no deal in the long run. That's a caveat in the third sentence that she said, that she, uh, although ostensibly has taken no deal off the table, she knows it's coming. But essentially, she said that, but her speech was mainly geared up as an aspirational kind of, 
hidden, caveated, let's go for a long extension unless we can get the deal through. She wasn't very... She didn't present that clear way forward that the EU have been asking for for a short extension, for a long extension. So she's, so this is going to leave people in Brussels very, very frustrated still. So I had people text me going, absolutely, we're not going to grant you a short extension unless... Well, we're actually not even going to give you a long extension unless you commit to European elections. So, yeah, I don't see why they would. So the, the, there's only one way that we either go. We either leave on April 12th with no deal or we arrange a long extension with some sort of guillotine clause in there. So if Yeah, talk may- about that, because I keep seeing guillotine being... So guillotine around. is a, a, a great kind of EU bubble word, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> um, but essentially, the concept of the guillotine clause here is Theresa May will agree to a long extension, probably to April 2020, so another whole year of this. Mm-hmm. And um, But she will have a guillotine clause in that says... So we'll do it as a timeline. So on April 12th, she delivers the commitment to European elections, which right. is done. Then she has from April the 12th to May the 22nd to get her deal through Parliament. If she gets her deal through Parliament, the guillotine clause will kick in and right. Britain won't have to hold European elections and can leave on the 22nd of May or potentially even the 30th of June is a date that's kind of floated around. Mm-hmm. But if she doesn't get the deal through, we will have to hold European elections on the 22nd of May. Yeah. Or another guillotine will come in from the EU right. and they will cut it off. Or if we do hold European elections, we will go on to April 2020 or maybe further. Good grief. Surely something symbolic in the guillotine being used there. Well, the, the translation of that is it's all about April the 12th. It's as simple as that. April the 12th is when we have to tell, or Theresa has to tell the Electoral Commission whether we are or we are not taking part in the European elections. And that is the deal breaker for the EU, as far as I'm concerned. It should be the deal breaker for everyone, for goodness sake. Um, the nation voted Brexit and taking part in the European elections, three in a three years later, was not ever, ever mandated or on the cards, and nor should it be. So we've got how many days? We've about a week to figure this out. And she really needs to get her revision done really quickly. Um, but you know, you know my feel on this. I've always thought it will be no deal by hook or by crook, by either a decisive action or by the EU booting us out. So, Paul, you say, you say no deal yep. is the way and the right answer. We've got... We've possibly I'm not necessarily saying it's the right answer. I'm saying it's the only answer. Okay. It was well, a different thing. We've got... So we possibly... <laughs> a no deal in the way that the ERG, European Research Group, spoke will say was a managed no deal or they like to... They don't like the reference crashing out. We are at a position now where surely we do crash out. We've got, as you said, a week. No, that's, that, that would be wrong because the EU has spent a lot of time... And Britain has spent a lot of time no-deal planning. And a lot of this has kind of developed into reciprocal agreements to make sure border chaos is limited at Calais, to make sure planes can still fly between the UK and the EU, to make sure that, well, as today, Britons will be able to go visa-free travelling in Europe in the event of a no-deal. So there there are lots of these small measures, which the EU will say are not mini-deals, but there are to basically alleviate the cliff edge and turn it into more of a steep hill. I, I, this phrase crashing out is obviously a pejorative term to make it sound all terribly scary, but it's not terribly scary. But another fra- way of we could say all we are doing is leaving of our own volition, um, standing on our own you. two You're feet. You're like Dominic Cummings. Well, <laughs> there's a lot to be said for that line of thought, actually. <laughs> but, 
But I, I, I think, you know, there's enough. It, we won't crash out. We, we were leaving of our own volition. And yes, we will have to. We will have to dig for victory. You know, we will have to come together as a nation like we haven't done since the Second World War. And we will have to. Um, you know, but, but there is enough talent and skill and determination and humour and tolerance and everything else in this country to make uh, a post-Brexit scenario work under WTO rules. And we will do it, but we will have to pull together. And uh, the, the amount of pain we suffer uh, post-Brexit will be dependent entirely on that, I think. need someone to put us all together. We I'm need someone sure. to pull us all together. Oh, I don't know who... Yeah. Do, do you think that the we have looked at it wrong regarding all the notes so we've had all the rhetoric regarding warnings and finance and food and planes not flying but actually do we need to look five to ten years into the future and think currently you talk about we've got the great trade deals we could do but we've currently got Liam Fox going around talking to people and he's he came back and celebrated a deal with Fiji recently and you think it's not quite the they point that was. They do get great water. They do get sponsored by them. Well, <laughs> open to all podcast advertising deals. But are we? If we are, then stuck in a position where we've got the EU being as hardliners as they have been through this whole process, and as lots have said, quite bullying. Yeah. Are we not still in five to ten years' time? looking around thinking oh those lots of little mini short-term solutions have run their course and we're actually it will be a lot quicker than that because the longest they run is uh, nine months of financial services the rest of them the six months long so we will have to have implemented the backstop paid that 39 billion pounds and remember to enter talks at the end of the six months that's how quick it will be um, the, the EU will have to strike deals with Britain. They still want to sell Volkswagens and BMWs and, you know, merely Haven't we already relied on these? Merely the vacuums? What are they? <laughs> you and your retro references. Firefox? I was going to say Amelia Hoover, but I don't think that's quite the right thing. No, we have to no, say that. Two, two brands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you're so we're all so you're feeling remarkably optimistic, actually, aren't you? I, I, you're the only one in the room. Well, you know, I'm a glass half full person, Rebecca, as you know. <laughs> On Friday evening. <laughs> um, okay, so you're optimistic, Joe. Um, when we convene in a week's time, what will have happened in in your neck of the woods? So, um, in Brussels on Wednesday next week. Yep. At six p.m. local time, European oh, you'll leaders. Have off by then. No, I will be. <laughs> stuck in at my desk in the European Council building where there will be a European Council summit, the emergency summit to discuss what's next and Mm -hmm. essentially it will be EU leaders going no deal or long delay. That's that is as simple as it is. Yeah. So that is what will be happening next Wednesday. And you'll be there cheering on no deal. Thomas where will we be in a week's time? I think we could very well have a completely new party or a large group of Tories having moved and stated they are no longer Tory MPs doing ERG the bowls, but in the opposite direction. Super annoyed ERG kind yeah, of people. I think I think they are probably listening to them today, just about at the end of their. Who will they tether. be led by? Though is, is it because Jacob Rees-Mogg backed the deal in the end? So is he going to stay with the government? Is it going to be Mark Francois and Steve Baker leading the charge? Well, in, in quite an elaborate. If we if we play down the. The Corbyn May talking route, if she does agree to having a general election, if they then think, ah, we can position ourselves 
right alongside in constituencies that voted heavily to leave and purely with a message of we have not buckled, we have not surrendered regarding all our original promises, vote for us. I'm not sure they really need much on their manifesto about the NHS or crime or and because it will be the only topic for the five, six weeks of the election campaign that anyone wants to talk about. Yeah, so, absolutely. It's, oh gosh. It's, a, oh, it's <laughs> terrific, isn't it? Song in our hearts, chlorine <laughs> in our chicken and lead in our lipstick kind of stuff. Thank you very much, chaps. That was great. Thank you for listening to Brexit The Final Countdown. If you like what you heard, make sure you click subscribe. And if you really enjoyed it, you could always leave us a review.